Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. It is July 4th, 2022, Monday, and I really appreciate you tuning in to the broadcast. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, has our full show archive. You can listen for free. There's also links to other radio and podcast players if you'd like to listen on those platforms. If you want to get rid of those annoying advertisements, though, because the show is monetized, subscribe to the archive on our website, which gets you access to the show without those ads. Plus, you get access to our montage archive, the montages we make every week. You'll get access to all of the digital versions of my books, all three of them, and you'll also get a private RSS feed so you can plug that into a radio podcast player and take the show with you that way so you don't always have to, you know, if you're going to listen online, you don't have to listen to the monetized show. If you subscribe, you get access to various forms of the uh, the archive. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope that everybody had or is at the moment continuing to have a great 4th of July celebration. And uh, I just probably caught up on all the sleep that I needed. And then tonight I'm staying up late because of the 4th of July. I got back from Roswell over the weekend. You know, we had uh, the Roswell Anniversary Festival, the 75-year Anniversary Festival in Roswell. I went out there last minute Thursday night. It was a really, really fun time. Met a couple of listeners out there, actually. Uh, about five, f- four or five people, I think, recognized me by my voice when I had talked or asked questions at, a, at one of the, the other uh, panels or speakers who were talking. So I had a really great time. We met a lot of listeners, a lot of people that, if they weren't necessarily listeners, they've heard of the show before. It's a humbling thing, and I really appreciate everybody who came out to that. I, I thought the town of Roswell was was fantastic. I, I would love, sincerely, I would love to go back there. And uh, I look forward to going to the festival uh, next year, so long as they, uh, they have it like they normally do. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that tomorrow night. We're going to discuss what I'm calling a tip, you know, like the advanced aerospace, uh, interplanetary, whatever, the thing they were, the, the Pentagon, you know the thing. Uh, the, the Pentagon was investigating UFOs, right? Because uh, Louis Elizondo was actually at this event and we are um, trying to, hopefully by the end of the year, trying to set up a, an interview with, uh, with him, perhaps, and some other shows. We're going to try to get him on. But the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP, I'm calling the show tomorrow ATIP of the Iceberg. So we're going to uh, discuss, kind of gives you an idea of what the show is going to be about, the tip of the iceberg that is ufology. But I had to established today, Monday, July 4th, 2022, as our 4th of July show, our 4th of July special. And I want to preface by making the following statement. When I was younger, I grew up in a Christian household. I grew up in a household that was predominantly conservative Republican. I had one or two family members that were left-leaning Democrats. And I didn't know nor did I care what any of that meant. 
I didn't even really know or care anything about Christianity. And as I got a little bit older, at the point in which I was concluding high school and I was going to go to film school, this was back in 2009, quite a long time ago, I thought, well, I don't really want to be a Christian and I don't really want to be a Republican because this is what I grew up with. I'm going to rebel and I'm going to be something else. So I felt that the opposite of Christianity would to become an atheist. And I thought the opposite of Republican is Democrat. So I started calling myself, you know, an atheist or a Democrat. And I didn't really know what that meant. I had no idea, nor did I even care. I just thought, well, it's the opposite of what I grew up with. So I didn't like some of the things I grew up with. So it must, the opposite must make more sense. I, I feel like a lot of people think that or feel that. So that's how I felt. And then quickly I learned, still in 2009, 2010, I quickly learned, I don't really have to be any of these things. I don't have to be an atheist. I don't have to be a Democrat. I can just be a person and then I can believe in information or in stories or I can form my own opinions. And when I first began radio, that got me in some trouble because I would make comments that were, oh, that's offensive to this group or that group. And you can't say that. I thought you were left-leaning. I thought you were right-leaning. And I said, I'm not leaning in any direction. I just, I mean, I'm leaning toward what makes the most sense rationally, logically, and without this abundance of emotion, without hysteria. Just trying to look at things objectively. So I grew up with that, with that attitude and with those beliefs they, I, they transitioned into something else, and then I, I found what I believe to be some form of balance. Now, extending this lengthy preface, I want to say that when I was younger, I also, when I say younger, I mean you know high school into college, I was taught, not directly through the school, because I was going to high school in West Virginia, but I was taught through entertainment and through what passed as comedy when it was really political propaganda I was taught all of these these jokes and these ideas about the United States of America that were that were looking back propaganda I mean the classic statement of like this is America I can do whatever I want if I want to take your stuff I can take your stuff and I can tell you this maybe I was a really stupid kid but that kind of made sense I thought well this is America I'm free I can do whatever I want if I want to take that I can take that Obviously, that attitude is silly, and it's the antithesis of what this country represents as a beacon of quote-unquote freedom for the rest of the world. But that's what I thought. That's what a lot of people I knew thought. And we didn't care one way or another much more than that. It was more like, I'm free, so I'll take whatever I want from other people. And you might scoff at that and laugh at that and think, why would somebody think that that's so stupid? But that's what children were taught when I was younger, or if they weren't taught that it was implied through entertainment and comedy, which was just very thinly veiled political propaganda and ideology. You get these same kinds of ideas all throughout the entertainment industry, all throughout mainstream media, all throughout the quote unquote education system, the college system in particular. And I was basically conditioned to believe that the country that I live in was a terrible country that was founded on slavery and founded on all these, these terrible uh, forms of bigotry. And as I got older 
I started to read books and I started to read things that were considered taboo. And I learned when I moved to Orlando, Florida, um, I'm, well, I moved there to go to film school, but I moved to closer to the city later in Orlando. And I, and I joined some libertarian groups because they seemed to make more sense to me at the time anyway. And there were, you know, there were talks about how the constitution of the United States and the declaration of independence, you know, those little pocket constitutions they give you, they usually have a declaration in them and some other, you know, like George Washington's inaugural or farewell address or something like that. And we would read things and, and, and hear things in the news that the FBI or some branch of the federal government were considering, this is a real thing. You can look this up. This was a long time ago. They considered pocket constitutions to be a threat to national security. That, that was a real thing at one point or even American flags, or the don't tread on me flag, or the, you know, any symbol of, of self-reliance and um, Republican form of government. That doesn't mean conservative like Republicans. That just means like a conser- re- Republican form of government, a re- a limited powers of government, and a representation of a, by the people. So that's a republic with democratic principles. We were told that those ideas and the symbols that they represent, or the symbols that express those ideas, were basically symbols of terrorism. Now, that started a long time ago. I was probably made aware of those things when they really took a turn, as you can see today, to become the dominant political, social, and cultural ideology, particularly of younger people, likely due almost exclusively to the college education system, because this is what's being taught. So as I got older, and that is the end of my preface, and I want, to, I want to shift and transition into the main body of tonight's broadcast, I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a second. You might think tonight's topic is stale, but I promise you, if you listen to what I have to present to you, I've done extensive research into this. I've just completed a book on this as well. The book is called Liberty Shrugged, like Atlas Shrugged, Liberty Shrugged. I'm working on a subtitle. I'm in the process of, of, of editing this book, but I wanted to get it out this weekend, but there was no way that was going to happen. So I've just written a book on this. I've done extensive research. This is one of my passions, one of the areas of, of investigation that I, that I, I enjoy the most. We, we've gotten to a point where if you suggest that the United States of America is a country in which you have certain freedoms or certain forms of, of equality that you don't have around the rest of the world. People scoff at that. And they'll tell you that, no, this country was founded on slavery. And just like the idea that, well, I'm an American, I'm free, I can do whatever I want, I'll take your stuff. It's the same idea, well, this country was founded on slavery. It's like, oh, okay, well, hold on a second. Let me ask you this question. If the country was founded on slavery... Wouldn't you think that slavery would still be the dominant form of, let's say, social and economic uh, ideology and structure today? Now, I'm willing to have the debate, by the way, about banking and the Federal Reserve. That's something that affects everybody. It's not a race-based system. It's not a sex-based system. It's not a gender-based system. It's a system of elitists that control everything. That's a separate issue. And that's not confined to the United States. That's an issue all over the world. Long before the colonies declared independence, you had a Bank of England 
And according to people like Benjamin Franklin, the outlawing of the interest-free currency, the colonial script that was issued in the colonies, that was the real cause of the American Revolution. It wasn't just taxes. It wasn't the declaratory cause. It, it wasn't that the colonies were impressed upon by, by the British. It was that the Bank of England was trying to control every aspect of colonial life and the colonies decided to create an interest-free currency. And, and when that was outlawed, that was the main cause of the revolution, according to Benjamin Franklin and others. But that's a really hard quote to find. It's really difficult information to find because the whole idea is that, well, the American Revolution was fought over taxes. That's the classic idea that you hear in school. And now we're hearing, no, it was fought over slavery, just like the Civil War. So you ask people, if this country was founded on slavery, how is it possible, if that was the foundation, how is it possible that today we don't have that institution of cotton-picking slavery that we had in the colonial, more so the antebellum period. It was more so the antebellum period than the colonial period. So why don't we have that today? Oh, well, well, we don't have that. Well, we, we have it today. It's just a different form today. Okay, well, that's... That's kind of convenient. But again, the question is, let's say we have it in a different form today. The question still is, if this was founded as a slave country or a racist country, don't you think that that would be the dominant, not only belief, but that would be the dominant structure of everything today? All will black people are put in prison for for nonviolent drug offenses. Sure, but so are white people. A lot of people are put in prison for nonviolent drug offenses. That has nothing to do with the Declaration of Independence. That has nothing to do with the Constitution. That has nothing to do with the Articles of Confederation. That has nothing to do with anything except there is a policy, and that one was enacted, the War on Drugs by the Reagan administration, Republican, so it doesn't really matter if you're Republican or Democrat, and that War on Drugs, as far as I'm concerned, is wrong. Now, you can go into the details of that and discuss why a government might want to regulate such a thing, for the, the safety and the welfare of the general public, but that's not what the war on drugs has become. I don't believe that's what it initially was, and that's not the point of tonight's show. The point is, if this were a slave colony, as some people from the 1619 Project suggest that it is, wouldn't that be the dominant system today? And if that were the case, don't you think that we the people might have read a little differently. Don't you think it would have said maybe we the white people or perhaps the Declaration of Independence would have said all white men are created equal. When Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, he chose to substitute the word born, B-O-R-N, for created. A lot of people don't know that. The original statement was all men are born equal he changed the word born to created in an attempt to appease southern states that would otherwise refuse to join the north more so northern states in seeking revolution unless slavery was to be left untouched and the same debates were held in the 1860s during the american civil war between the North and the South. Though, of course, many in the South were abolitionists, and in the former, there were many who were pro-slavery. James Madison, the father of the Constitution, 
declared the same thing at the 1787 Constitutional Convention, the debates, when he said that the differences between the colonies were based on slavery and not North or South per se, as it became more strongly during the Civil War. James Madison said, seem now to be pretty well understood that the real differences of interests lay not between the large and small, but between the North and Southern states, or the Northern and Southern states. The institution of slavery and its consequences formed the line of discrimination. There's a book also called Slave Nation. It's a pretty good read. Very interesting perspective and context to American history. I actually got it at a... Um, American History Museum when I went on a road trip last year. And here is a quote from Slave Nation. It says, The South wanted slaves to count in their representation in order to preserve slavery. The North would not stand for a government where whites, with the advantage of votes assigned because they they had held slaves, would create a slave nation. So debates over state representation at the Constitutional Convention in 1787 were very strongly an issue of small and large states, north and south states, but also over slavery. Now, that is a true thing. So when people say, well, hey, America was founded on slavery. I mean, yeah, no, but there's a context here that's missing. The simple fact that the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution don't say things like all white men or we the white men, if you will, is because there were elements who were opposed to the idea that all were born equal. Because if you were born equal, and you were endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that would mean, and Jefferson didn't make those points up himself. He took those from from older documents and ideas uh, from people like John Locke, for example. But if you were to have a document that said all men were born equal, that would mean that those who were born as slaves would also be equal and they would deserve the same life, the same liberty, and the same ability to pursue happiness as whites or any other group of people had. That would be a problem. So the compromise had to be created equal. So you might have been created equal, but that doesn't mean your position in life is equal. So the usage of words here is very important. If this were a slave nation or a slave colony, like some desired it to be, the name George Bickley should be discussed in school, but it's not. George Bickley wanted a slave colony, basically. The whole country of what we know as the country would become a slave nation. The same thing would have likely happened had the Confederates won the Civil War. But again, if you go back to the American Revolution as James Madison said, the issue was really you know, over slavery, and states would not come together unless that institution was preserved. Now, why did the states need to come together? Well, as the famous political cartoon says, join or die, there would be no, there would be no federation, there would be no union, and there would have been no formal resistance to the British. So America, as we know it, would never have been, have been founded or cultivated. If we fast forward to the Constitutional Convention, long after the war, the Constitutional Convention was over the Articles of Confederation, and it was partially held in secret that 
this new form of government was going to be attempted, uh, this, as we know it today, this true republic. And in order to do that, compromises had to be made. A compromise means two people are having different opinions and they're going to compromise, right? They're going to decide, well, I'm not getting everything I want, but I'll accept that. Just like all men are born equal, being replaced by all men are created equal, the Constitutional Convention had certain elements of this because, yes, people wanted slavery to be maintained. Even if they disagreed with it, this is what the states that they represented were, were vying for. This is what those states represented. So those states, just like during the Revolution, would not come together unless slavery were preserved. And like at the Constitutional Convention, those states would not come together unless slavery were preserved. They did not want a federal government. They wanted states' rights to be preserved. And part of those rights were slaves who were considered property by those those slave owners and by those political representatives and by the states themselves. So then we come to the question of how did a compromise that would bring together small and large states and would bring together slave and non-slave states, how would a compromise of that nature be formed? And you have to think about it. Large and small states, slave and non-slave states. The simple fact that there were slave and non-slave states show you that the country was not founded on slavery because if it were, all the states would have been slave states. It's really that simple. But the other issue is, how do you acquire representation in states that are slave states if you have people that are there who are not citizens, but you have slave masters who want to count their slaves as people? They're not people, they're property economically, but in order to obtain political representation, suddenly, well, they're going to, they're going to become people for just a little bit. So we can count them. So a compromise was made. It's called the three-fifths compromise. All the Constitution says that blacks are three-fifths of people. Well, actually, to the contrary, because had states not come together during the American Revolution or colonies not come together during the American Revolution, the war would probably have been lost. If those colonies and states never came together during the Constitutional Convention, likely there would have been no federal government. Yes, there would have been no civil war, but states would have preserved the rule of slavery, and it would have likely continued to this day or expanded immensely and greatly. And if there were a civil war and the Confederates won, it would have expanded from sea to shining sea. There's a lot of context here we need to understand as we celebrate the 4th of July. And I want to bring it to you tonight on the broadcast. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. It is the 4th of July, 2022. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. The question is, was the United States of America founded as a slave colony, as a slave nation, or as a racist nation? Questions that are seriously proposed, pondered, and debated in colleges, in the media, and particularly among youth political activists who couldn't even find a history book in a history section at a library if they were taken there and it was put in their hands. Let's look at the details. This is one of my most favorite topics. It's one of the most fascinating things to me. I love American history. I like history in general, but I love American history. I just got finished writing a book about American history called Liberty Shrugged. It'll be available hopefully by the end of the year. And I'm discussing in great detail some of the things that are part of the political conversation today, but also things that are important to understand in order to preserve American history and in order to preserve the history of a human civilization in which slavery, serfdom, etc. has been the conditional state of existence since virtually the beginning of civilization. You don't really understand 
unless you go looking for it yourself. I didn't understand until I went looking for it myself that something like slavery was not unique to the United States of America. It was not unique to the colonies. It was not unique to the antebellum period. It is not even unique in terms of a, a racial bias. Slavery is a condition in which whether you go to Africa or you go to Europe, you find black, you find white, go to Asia, you find Asian. Look at native tribes, aboriginal people, indigenous people. What are you going to find? You're going to find raping and pillaging and looting. You're going to find people that are held captive as slaves in times of war. You're going to find people that are held as slaves as a condition of, uh, if it's not war, the conquering of another tribe or the conquering of another country. Take the wives as, uh, you know, for fun, or you take the wives, uh, the women for, uh, for bearing children. You take the children, you, can, you raise them to the condition of the conquering ideology, and you kill most of the men, and the men you don't kill, you take as slaves. This is the, the state of affairs for all humans throughout much, much of human history. I mean, the Magna Carta was really the first time where we had a king and a kingdom be put on the same level with the common people. And we have to understand, if we look into American history, that such a charge that the country was founded on slavery and racism is so outlandish and so ludicrous that even the people who promote it, and we're going to talk about one of them tonight from the 1619 Project, even one of them that promote that idea also believes that there are forces in our history that were opposed to slavery and were not racist, which defeats the whole argument. If you're arguing that there's an absolute racist foundation, an absolute foundation of slavery, then there cannot be people who founded the country who disagreed with that ideology. It doesn't work that way. So if we go back to the American Revolution, it is true that there were people, there were states, there were colonies that refused to participate if slavery were not preserved. So slavery had to be preserved in some states in order for them to join the fight against the British. Otherwise, the war would likely never have been even fought much further, let alone one. Now, if you fast forward to the Constitutional Convention to modify the Articles of Confederation in the late 1780s, not all states initially participated, not all states initially ratified, and a lot of states did not agree with forming a new government. Most of the states that did not agree with that were states that believed in states' rights in order to preserve their personal property, which they classified or placed that classification thereupon people that were slaves. So they believed that this was an infringement of state rights and, of course, property rights. And if those colonies would not have been appeased to some degree, if those states would not have been appeased to some degree, there would never have been a federal government which would have worked to form a more perfect union in eliminating the institution of slavery. So the colonies, the states had to come together to defeat the British, had to come together to form a new form of government. Otherwise, it was likely the union of states at the time would have broken up. They would have been 
uh, under threat from foreign powers. There would have been no unification, and that would have been the end of the great experiment, if you will, or what we call the great experiment today. So the Constitution was formed on the grounds that there would be compromise, even without slavery, between different states, states that were large and states that were small. States that were slave states, states that were non-slave states. Again, you cannot have a slave nation if some states are, well, they're not slave states. It doesn't work that way. I want to draw your attention as we pro, uh, progress through this, this uh, series of historical data points tonight to an article that came out in 2011 from Time Magazine. And it had a picture of a shredded United States Constitution. And here is one of the statements from the article. Quote, The framers were not gods and were not infallible. Yes, they gave us and the world a blueprint for the protection of democratic freedoms, freedom of speech, assembly, religion. But they also gave us the idea that a black person was three-fifths of a human being, that women were not allowed to vote, and that South Dakota should have the same number of senators as California, which is kind of crazy, they say. And I'm not even going to mention the Electoral College. This is what Time Magazine said, with a shredded constitution. So again, you have colonies and states coming together to fight the British under the agreement that slavery would be protected in those slave states, and you have colonies and states coming together in order to create a new governmental system at the Constitutional Convention in the late 1780s. And in order to solidify that unification of states, there was a compromise to be made between large and small states and a compromise to be made between slave and non-slave states. These are two things that, as Time Magazine pointed out, these are two things that the Founding Fathers also gave us, that a black person was three-fifths of a human being and that women were not allowed to vote, and that the South Dakota, the state of South Dakota, should have the same number of senators as California. These were debates at the Constitutional Convention, and here's why they were debates at the convention. Slave states said, if we're going to count people in our states as having, um, having the basis for representation in the federal government in Congress, then we want to count all people in our states. That includes slaves. So you see how some of the masters and some of the political representatives of economically uh, slave state, uh, slave states that were economically driven by slavery, slaves or black people were people when it came time to count the number of the population in order to achieve representation in government. But when it came to whether those same people were actually people, they were not afforded the same rights as others. So they were, cre they were treated as, as property. Even though they were created equal, they were treated as property, which is why created equal was substituted for uh, born. Because, well, I mean, colonies, states would never have gone for all men are born equal. Uh, because if all men were born equal, that means... Well, you, you're born equal. You are an equal person by birth. You cannot be birthed as a slave. You cannot be held as a slave. So the language was changed in order to find agreement in those slave states, in those colonies, in order to get them to fight against the British during the American Revolution. So that's the big question. 
what happened at the Constitutional Convention that would would have them include language that blacks were only three-fifths of a person. Well, it came from the idea that property in the slave states was just property, but when it came time to count for the number of representatives based on population, suddenly those black pieces of property became people to be counted. So other states that were non-slave states, representatives and others said, well, if that's the case, you could just import as many slaves as you want, and you could get perpetual representation in Congress. And that is unfair unless you give those black people equal rights and essentially free them as free men upon the land. They, they need to have equal protections in order for them to be able to count as citizens. If you're not going to count them as people, they're just property, then property doesn't have a right to vote. That was the argument. And that's not an argument for or against slavery. It's a logical argument, a legal argument. If they're property, how are they going to vote? They can't be property today, and then they can't be people tomorrow just so that there can be you know, equal representation so that the states can have more votes in Congress and then back to property the next day. That's not how it should and not how it will work. It's not how it would work. So they came up with this idea of the three-fifths compromise. It says, yes, blacks are three-fifths of people who are slaves but it preserved or at least eliminated some of that preservation of slavery, but it established a governmental system in which later on slavery could be outlawed. The importation of slavery was outlawed in the early 1800s. And then, yes, we fought a civil war. And had the Confederacy won the war, slavery would have greatly expanded. They didn't win the war. The Union won the war obviously, as you know. So that means slavery was essentially eliminated through the Reconstruction era after the Civil War. I find this to be very easy to understand, but if you just read Time Magazine, they're like, well, the Founding Fathers gave us three-fifths of of a human being. That's a statement. That means black people only three-fifths of human. Yes, what happened if you didn't have that three-fifths compromise? I mean, anything could have happened, theoretically, but let's say you have the opposite. Let's say that Black slaves who were property would be counted as full human beings. Well, that would have given southern states immensely more political power. And whether or not there would ever be a civil war is irrelevant because those southern states, even with the three-fifths compromise, maintained political power, maintained the institution of slavery up until the point of the civil war when the Republican Party, which was an anti-slave party, was established earlier on. And then we had the civil war a few decades later. Uh, or a decade or so, a couple decades later, decade or so later, and then you have the the elimination of slavery, the abolition of slavery as a result of that. Had the slave states maintained that much immense power, slavery would never have been abolished. This would have been a slave nation. But the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution do not protect slavery. They actually establish a guideline to eliminate slavery at a time in which slavery, endangered servitude, and also you know, serfdom was either still in existence or slowly, slowly, very, very slowly beginning to be eliminated around the world. This was a, this was a completely different time period. Completely different time period. If you go back to the 26th century B.C., you find that Libyans and Nubians were captured by 
Africans in Egypt and forced into slave labor or conscripted into military service. An official system of slavery existed in Japan from the 3rd century AD until the beginning of the 16th century. Canada began gradual abolition of slavery in 1793 with an act passed in Upper Canada in what is now Ontario. They also provided asylum for fugitive slaves. Such a measure was intended to gradually end the practice, but slavery never went away, you know, like we romanticize it. Well, they ended it. It didn't go away right away in Canada and Japan or anywhere else. Mexico began to eliminate slavery in the 1820s, abolishing the practice in 1829. Slavery in China was ended as an institution early in the 20th century, though similar conditions persist over 100 years later where you have Uyghurs locked in concentration camps forced to do you know, hard labor. According to the United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, as of 2018, there were 40 million people in conditions of, quote, modern slavery worldwide. An additional 25 million were victims of some form of forced labor, while about 15 million are in forced marriages. Nearly three quarters of those in some form of bondage today are female. Children account for one in four. Modern slavery in the 21st century is, according to the United Nations, most prevalent in Africa, followed by Asian Pacific. India is home to 8 million slaves today, the largest number globally, followed by China, Pakistan, North Korea, Nigeria, Iran, Indonesia, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Russia, and the Philippines. Of these countries, the ones I just named, North Korea has the world's highest rate of slavery with about 1 in 10 people enslaved. Is that something that you learned in school? Is that something that you hear about in the news? No, we just hear about America was founded on slavery. Well, the issue is three-fifths compromise actually preserved slavery only in, uh, in order for it to later be abolished in the sense that's not a justification. If the three-fifths compromise were not had, it is likely that slaves would have been counted as people and slave states would have obtained immense political power more than they already had and even would acquire later with the three-fifths compromise. The three-fifths compromise was issued in order to not preserve slavery, but to appease slavery and slave owners long enough to create a more perfect union to eliminate the practice. Now, state representation, another big part of the Constitutional Convention, which included the issue of the Three-Fifths Compromise, is a very strong issue because little states did not want to unionize, if you will, because big states would just override them and overrule them with, well, having more people. Slave states simply would not have joined the revolution without the protection of slavery, and slave states would never have joined in the unionization of, the, of, of uh, what would become a nation unless slavery were protected. So the word property was actually struck out of the Declaration of Independence and replaced with pursuit of happiness. Because if property was placed in the Declaration of Independence, it would ensure that slavery would continue because slaves were considered property. So Thomas Jefferson removed both the word property and born from the Constitution, kind of as almost like, in a sense, this, this secretive, almost underhanded way to 
acquire the the assistance of those other states in defeating the British, but also in appeasing them by removing the word born and replacing it with created, getting rid of the word property in order to ensure that those southern states or those slave states in particular could not use the declaration as an official statement that slaves were considered to be protected as part of the Declaration of Independence. Wise choice of words. So the document reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So property originally was one of those rights, but it was removed to strip power away from the slaveholding states. And in order to appease them so that they would support the declaration, all men are created equal became the statement as opposed to all men are born equal. Now, if this were a slave nation, you could imagine with the racism and the bigotry and the John Calhouns and the KKK, you would think that it might read something differently, like we hold these truths to be self-evident that all white men are created equal. The word created and the words life, liberty, etc., for those people who are created and their right to the pursuit of happiness, do nothing in demeaning the institution of slavery overall. Had the text read all men are born equal and you know only these men are guaranteed unalienable rights, the institution of slavery would have ironically been established in a very hypocritical manner because, well, property would have ensured slavery was protected and the rights would only have extended to white people. We don't understand the language that was used in those days unless we read it and unless we study it. The reasoning rests in the definition of the word born, which would have signified that all men were created equal upon birth, regardless of current status and of property. You know, if property was left in there, that would have meant, well, slaves could be maintained under the Declaration of Independence and they weren't even considered humans. That was the justification behind it until it came time for representatives to be elected through voting from citizens, then suddenly slaves were considered equal by those slave owners because they wanted there to be, you know, fair representation based on the number of people, even if they counted their property as people and allowed them to count as part as as part of the citizenry. So what happened was, as Time magazine said, South Dakota has the same number of senators as California. That makes no sense. Well, here's what actually happened. There was a debate. Small states were scared of big states. Some big states were scared of small states coming together and overriding the big states. So we had to have equal representation. That's called a bicameral legislature. That means, yes, California and South Dakota have two senators each. Seems unfair until you recognize, oh, there's another house. It's the House of Representatives. And they have equal representation based on population. So California has more members of the House of Representatives than South Dakota, but South Dakota is put on equal ground with California by having two senators. That's how a bicameral legislature works. That's how a dual legislature works. So there isn't one that just says, well, we're the big states. This is what we're going to do. Small states were scared of that. They would not join unless there was a guarantee that they had Uh, their rights protected as states. Whether they were slave states or not was irrelevant. Small states wanted to be protected from larger states like New York, for example. Doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with what the politics were, what their policies, what their, their constitution said. This was simply about creating equal grounds. 
So for some reason, it's offensive that California has the same number of senators as South Dakota. I'd advise you to go count how many members of the House of Representatives California has. I'll, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's a lot more than South Dakota. It's a lot more than Rhode Island because the House of Representatives is based on population. That's how they created balance. That's how they created equality. Okay, that was the creation of a more perfect union. Now, Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, a lot of people don't understand this. Time Magazine, you know, and others say Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner, and that's reason to not believe in the idea that all men are created equal. So you look at Thomas Jefferson. In 1779, Thomas Jefferson was promoting a policy of gradual emancipation which would involve training and colonization of African-American slaves instead of immediate emancipation. Why would that be the way in which slaves would be released? Why not just release the slaves and maybe pay them reparations? And that's all, it's all good. It's all, it's over. Well, you have people that were living in these conditions their entire lives, children that were born into these conditions and lived them their entire lives. These were people that there were debates held about this after the Civil War even, 100 years later. There's a moral obligation to take care of these people, but there isn't a moral obligation to indefinitely take care of these people. So there was some responsibility placed on slave owners who released their slaves to help provide them with a means by which to take care of themselves. Otherwise, releasing them and allowing them to vote and have all the same rights wouldn't guarantee equality. It would guarantee those people, some cases, wouldn't have the, the, uh, the necessary means to take care of themselves, the knowledge. You couldn't read. You couldn't write. I mean, some slaves learn how to read and write, of course. Some slaves, slaves were treated far better. Slaves, actually, in the, in the colonies were treated better than some serfs in Europe. It's not about a contest. It's just the context. It's not a contest. It's a context. You have to understand the context of the times. As someone who had owned slaves, Thomas Jefferson, who advocated for the gradual emancipation of slaves, did so, and, and later for his own slaves that he released, he gave them money, he paid for them to get an education, and helped them to establish themselves rather than putting them on a welfare system as so many people are on today. Black, white, green, purple, doesn't matter. Thomas Jefferson also advocated in Virginia, and when he became president, he urged Congress to withdraw the citizens of the United States from all further participation in those violations of human rights, which have been so long continued on the unoffending inhabitants of Africa. That's a quote as president. Why didn't Thomas Jefferson just end slavery then if he really cared? Because the president doesn't have unilateral authority to make laws. That power is invested in Congress and people still don't understand this today. The CDC said I have to do this. The CDC can recommend things. Laws could be passed based on recommendations, but recommendations are not laws, and the Centers for Disease Control, unless it has been placed in statute by Congress, cannot make laws. I don't know what's hard to understand about that. You could agree or disagree with the law or the rule or the recommendation. The point is, Congress makes the laws, the president doesn't make the laws. Okay, The CDC doesn't make the laws. That's something that needs to be understood. So when we look back into this history we find that colonies and states would never have come together to fight in the revolution had slavery not been protected. 
would never have unionized into a, a federal government had the Constitution not provided the language to preserve slavery to some extent, only so much and only to the point in which it could be eliminated later, which it eventually was, slowly from the early 1800s onwards. And then we had the Civil War, and, well, the rest isn't really history because it continues to this day. The 4th of July, 2022, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and we're going to break this down in immense great detail. Immense great detail when we come back from break. There's a lot more after this. Gable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Please stay with us, because when we come back, I'm going to tell you what's happening here in Tucson, Arizona. Today, there was a, a get-together called F the 4th of July, and it was sponsored literally by the Pima County, that's the big county I live in, the Pima County Democratic Party, which did not want, traditionally and historically, blacks to vote because blacks were voting for Republicans, not Democrats. I'm going to tell you about that and the big switch when we come back from break. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Secret Teachings. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. It's currently the 4th of July, which of course is America's Independence Day. It's a day to celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence and all things American. But not according to the Arizona Democrats in Pima County who advertised an event simply titled F the 4th. No two ways about it. The Democrats really do hate America, don't they? Many public fireworks displays are canceled, while some others are being done at a social distance with drive-in shows. Officials are cautioning people to not only be careful setting off fireworks, but also to practice social distancing with at-home gatherings. Avoid gathering with anyone outside your household. The way to be patriotic this and only this holiday is to stay at home. Now, if you do choose to leave your house this weekend to attend a fireworks show, health officials are urging you to stay in your car. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. So sorry to my world, this is not what we want. Think about it. All men and women created go, you know the you know the thing. You give me a document by slavers, colonists, and sure, white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They counted slaves as three-fifths of people to give their captors more political power in the government. I'd call it kind of, I'd call that kind of trash, right? I beg you to stop using the Constitution in the way that you're using it. We'd like Republican tickets. Mm, we ain't got those yet. Just the Democrat tickets. Wait. Might be a pretty long wait. If you read a book like White Fragility, which basically says that black people are these hothouse flowers where everybody has to tiptoe around us and, you know, we're always crying and we're always angry. That book is talking down to me as far as I'm concerned. But black folks are not asking whites to always be flagellating themselves. It puts the burden on black people to absolve you. It's really asking black people to, again, do something for you. African slavery had existed for centuries in various forms. Some slaves were indentured servants with a limited turn and the chance to buy one's freedom. Others were more like European serfs. When the slave trade was finally outlawed in the Americas and Europe, the African kingdoms whose economies it had come to dominate collapsed. I call it kind of, I call that kind of trash. All men and women created go, you know the, you know the thing. I beg you to stop using the constitution in the way that you're using it. The moment has arrived, which is to decide whether the American experiment is to survive and be a blessing to the world or not. This is not what we want. Every day, the Union grows more impotent and her people more discontent. Is this what we wish? Reparations. Look, minorities have been treated like ish in this country for so long, right? So I say we give them the good bathroom. I mean, for years and years, they've been oppressed. The least we can give them is, you know, a nice place to ish and sit, right? And we got to put up a sign so that they know their place. Now, are, are you proposing that we put a sign on one of the bathrooms that says minorities only? What does the other sign say? 
no minorities allowed. That's crazy. You're here, that's you're in trouble there, right? No, 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 it's super progressive. Yeah, it, it's a bathroom for women, non-whites, and gays. Uh-oh. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Please check out our website, thesecretteachings.info.info. Subscribe to our full show archive so that you can listen to all of our shows without those monetized advertisements. You also get access to montages like this, our montage archive, and digital copies of my books, www.thesecretteachings.info. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. You can like us and then talk to us, tweet at us on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. Our website also has my books that you can purchase separately. If you're interested, there are pages for each book on the website and our affiliate sponsors like Pro One Water Filters and Transistor FM, which hosts our archive. Please check it out today. If you subscribe, if you buy a book, you are making a choice to support radio shows like The Secret Teachings and helping to keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. I hope that you had a good 4th of July or that you're continuing to have a good 4th of July, but some people just, they don't like the 4th of July. Personally, I'm not a big fan of fireworks. Personally, I'm not a big barbecue guy. Personally, I don't drink beer. So maybe I don't celebrate the 4th of July like a lot of Americans celebrate the 4th of July. I'll watch fireworks. I'm just not a big fan of these things. But I am a fan of the American experiment. I'm a fan of all men being created and being born equal. I am a fan of equal representation. I am a fan of equal rights and equal protections under the rule of law. I'm a fan of checks and balances. I'm a fan of the separation of powers. I'm a fan of objectivity and reason. I'm a fan of the organized natural order that we call God. I am not a Christian. I am not a conservative. I am not a rabid extremist. I'm an American. F you. I am a realist. I like to look at things contextually on a case-by-case basis. And, well, I still like the 4th of July. But some people don't like the 4th of July. Here in Pima County, Arizona, where I am, it's a big county, Pima County. And here in Pima County, this is not my opinion, and this is not meant to be politically divisive. Here in Pima County, the Democratic Party posted on Twitter, and they had uh, advertisements for this, an event to mourn the 4th of July. This is the official Democratic Party of Pima County, an enormous county, a big county, not as big as Maricopa, but a big county in Arizona. Their post on Twitter and on the Internet where you saw these advertisements said, let's mourn with F-U-C-K, F the 4th of July, F the 4th. It was an event that took place at Reed Park big park here in Tucson, right around uh, downtown, a couple miles from downtown. This is the official Democratic Party saying, we're going to mourn on the 4th of July, 
F the 4th of July. And basically what they're saying, of course, is, well, F the founding principles, F the founding fathers, F equal protection, F separation of powers, F equal rights under the law, F the rule of law, F all these things that created a more perfect union and established one of the most wealthiest equal societies in the history of the world. F all of that. Now, unless someone was delusional or was greatly missing historical context, that person, you would think, probably is a bigot and probably is a racist and a sexist and all other forms of isms and ists. These are the kinds of people, this is the ideology, it's not about Democrat and Republican, but this is the kind of ideology that was behind the preservation of slavery to appease slave owners and to appease slave states long before the modern day. Slavery had to be preserved in some of the colonies and some of the states in order to get a unification in order to fight the British. Otherwise, there would have been no, no victory and no constitution as we know it. There probably would, would have been just you know continued colonization by the British. So what we would, what we would have is We'd have a history with no constitutional convention, no constitution, and therefore we would have no abolition of slavery as we know it today. Yeah, I mean, the, the British, Canadians, the Mexicans, every, everybody ended slavery, but this was the progression of the advancement of human civilization. These are the ideas of natural law and John Locke that Thomas Jefferson basically took from for the Declaration of Independence. And he put all men are created equal instead of born because the word born would not go over well and did not go over well with those who owned slaves or represented states where people owned slaves, where it was a slave state. Because if you were born equal, then you were equal. You couldn't be born a slave if you were born equal. But Jefferson also took out the word property and left life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because if property were left in there, it would guarantee the preservation of slavery. So we're told that the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, these are documents that preserve slavery. I mean, look at the Constitution, it says blacks are three-fifths of a person. Well, this was the debate at the Constitutional Convention. Small states wanted equal representation to large states. Part of this became a slave, non-slave state issue. So small states like Rhode Island or South Dakota, you know, as we're told in Time Magazine in 2011, states like South Dakota should have you know, less representatives in the Senate than California. And I've heard people make this argument in real life. I heard a guy debating this or arguing this with a woman at a farmer's market a few months ago. He said it's not fair that Rhode Island has the same number of senators as California. Do you know why they have the same number of representatives? Because we have a dual bicameral legislature. So big states get equal representation and small states get equal representation. Big states equal representation based on members of the House of Representatives Small states equal representation based on two senators equally across the board for every single state. The modern Democratic Party says F the 4th of July. This isn't like a Democratic organization that isn't part of the Democratic Party. This is the official Democratic Party for Pima County, Arizona. This is the Democratic Party where one of their gubernatorial candidates, Katie Hobbs, is literally, literally a human being who refused to pay a black person in her office 
the same amount of money as white people. She was sued at least once, I believe twice because of that. Now, you have a white woman running for governor here in Arizona. This is a microcosm who doesn't pay black people the same amount of money as other people and who part of her platform is getting rape kits for black trans people. There aren't a lot of trans people in the country, let alone black trans people, let alone black trans people in Arizona. There aren't a lot of those people. So I don't know how you can run on a platform of getting rape kits to black trans people, but that's besides the point. You can run on a platform of equality while literally having been sued and lost a lawsuit because you refuse to pay black people the same amount of money as white people. Literally. Look it up if you don't believe me. And then her Democratic Party says F the 4th of July in Arizona. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you this tonight because I'm a Republican and I want you to hate the Democratic Party. I want to give you some perspective is what I want to give you. I want to give you some perspective. People ask the question, well, if if Thomas Jefferson and these other founders, they, they really believe that slavery was wrong. Why didn't they release their slaves? Well, the answer to that question is pretty simple. Um, a lot of them did release their slaves, but a lot of them released their slaves and then those slaves continued to work for them because they didn't have anywhere else to go. They didn't have any other jobs to perform. They might not have known anything else. Thomas Jefferson paid for some of his slaves after he released them to get an education so they could take care of themselves and would not become leeches on a welfare system. Getting rid of your slaves wasn't that easy either. When Robert Carter manumitted his 400 or so slaves based on his religious conversion, he lost not only his wealth, he was targeted by white mobs and excluded from society. He was forced to flee from his home in Baltimore because white mobs attacked him for freeing his black slaves. Abolitionists, white and black, were attacked in the same way. A Quaker teacher named Prudence Crondall, who opened a school for black girls in Connecticut, she was attacked by a white mob because she was running a school to teach blacks how to read and how to write and to acquire an education so they could be self-sustaining, decent members of society. Then you have cases of people like Michael Schferner and Andrew Goodman, and these people were murdered in Neshoba County, Mississippi. Very famous case. The two men were abducted and killed, as was a young black man named James Cheney, in 1964 while registering black voters. This was in 1964. The first congressman to be assassinated, James Hens, who was also working toward black voting, was attacked, shot, and killed in 1868 by the Klansman George Clark. William Lewis Moore, a postman, was also shot and killed in 1963 Alabama after demonstrating against segregation and petitioning the governor for the ending of the separate but equal doctrine. William Lewis Moore was also the inspiration for Atticus Finch, the main character in To Kill a a Mockingbird uh, by Harper Lee in 1960. Even John Brown's famous raid on Harper's Ferry in October of 1859 was financed by a white abolitionist named Garrett Smith, a very famous abolitionist. He had been actually giving up and giving away his property and wealth to poor blacks for their freedom to be recognized. So they had property, they had wealth, they could take care of themselves. A white man who was an abolitionist who founded, 
basically because he financed, he founded the, the cornerstone of John Brown's famous raid on Harper's Ferry, and he gave away his property and his wealth to blacks, not as a show of virtue signal, but as a sign in which to assist those who had been enslaved and wrong, he actually provided out of his own pocket reparations to help people, not to virtue signal. On the other side is a poor white man named William Lloyd Garrison. This poor white man, William Lloyd Garrison, was financed by a free black man named John Vashon and a very wealthy black man named James Fortin to start a newspaper called The Liberator. Think about this. You have black people that are financing white people because they were wealthy and free to promote abolition. You have white people that were supporting black people in the process of abolishing slavery. Another guy, Edward Coles, from Virginia, an aristocrat, chose to free his slaves after moving to Illinois. He gave each of his slaves uh, 160 acres, uh, provided them with constructive activities, and helped them to become self-sufficient. Now, if you look into the history of the Democratic Party, I don't want to hear any of that. They changed sides, sort of, but we'll get to that in a second. Even before the Ku Klux Klan, you had white Southerners and white Democrats who would attack anybody who disagreed with or spoke out against the institution of slavery or later with the Klan, even white people who were like, well, I'm, I'm cool with slavery, but I don't necessarily think that it's right. Um, I'm not going to fight for it, but I don't really think it's right. Well, you'd get lynched too. If you thought, well, slavery's wrong, but I, I also believe whites are superior to blacks, well, you'd still be lynched. If you believe slavery you know, should be abolished and um, you just didn't agree with white supremacy, well, you'd still be lynched. The Ku Klux Klan was comprised of almost exclusively Southern Democratic leaders. And most historians, usually universities and popular culture history, teach how evil white men hunted down innocent blacks and lynched them by hanging them. Others were shot, burned alive, forced to commit suicide, or met their demise through any number of horrific deaths. That's how history is portrayed in movies, TV shows, books, and oral history. The idea is that the KKK only targeted blacks, though this could not actually be further from the truth. Democratic terrorists targeted anyone in disagreement with their belief that whites were superior to blacks or even to immigrants. White abolitionists, whites who believed in equality of the races, whites who believed in equal protection and judicial equality, whites in relationships with blacks, etc., all became targets of the KKK. Even if one did not believe in equality under the law or maintain a relationship with someone of another race other than white, they became a victim because they didn't adhere to the idea that a white man was superior, especially the, the democratic white man. They could be terrorized and they could be killed. Tuskegee University is a private black land grant university in Alabama. It's designated as a, a national park serv- uh, uh, by the National Park Service as the Tuskegee Institute National Historic Site. Home to George Washington Carver, the black inventor promoted alternative crops to cotton. Another character you don't really read about a lot in history. The university also houses the nation's most absolute record of lynchings between 1882 and 1968. Over those years, 4,743 people were lynched, including 3,446 African Americans and, if you can do the math, 1,297 whites. More than three-quarters of the lynchings occurred in southern states Post-Civil War. Why did these lynchings take place? Most of them after the Civil War. 
the era of Reconstruction, the attempt to get blacks the right to vote, and the debates and the arguments behind all of this. Blacks also, uh, 1,700 or so blacks, former slaves, fought for the Union, some of them very heroically. The, the, the massacre at Fort Pello was one of the worst tragedies, the worst massacres, probably one of the top five in the history of this country. Black soldiers just massacred by the Confederates. And, and what did the Democratic Party do after that? Now, it doesn't mean it's the same Democratic Party that you're a part of today, but what did the Democratic Party then do? Well, they hunted down these blacks, they strung them up, they shot them, they burned them, they killed them, etc. What did they do to the white people that tried to protect them? They did the same thing to them. What did they do to the white people that said, well, um, I'm, I'm not, slavery, it's like, I don't agree with it. Um, maybe I agree with it, don't agree with it. Just, you can have a different opinion. But if you didn't believe the white race was superior, and specifically Democratic whites, then you were subject to the same terror that black people were subject to. Almost 1,300, almost 1,300 white people were lynched. Did you know that? Did they teach you that in school? Because the Tuskegee University, a private black land-grant university, they document that. Even America's oldest and largest civil rights organization, the NAACP, documents the history of Klan terror by stating, quote, some white people were lynched for helping black people or for being anti-lynching. So white people can't be inherently evil. White people can't be inherently responsible for something somebody in history was responsible for. That's called genetic guilt. That is what the communists and the Marxists in communist China did after the revolution. Anyone whose parents were nationalists, capitalists, or they supported um, 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 King Shai-shek, they targeted them and made them admit to their sins, made them participate in struggle sessions, and made them grovel for forgiveness from the masses, from the mobs that would gather and demand it, which is what we have today with climate change. Climate change, you know that. They, uh, they have these, uh, these uh, things online where you can go and you can admit your climate change sins. That's a communist Marxist ideology. That's a communist Marxist Marxist communist struggle session is what that is. So all white people can't be bad. If we're supposed to believe that some faceless white person owns slaves, and that means all white people are responsible for slavery, if you have a case of one white person who was an abolitionist or one white person who was lynched alongside black people, that would put blacks and whites on the same ground, wouldn't it? That would make people equal. That would mean our suffering, our, the turmoil, the bloodshed, the war, that would be something that could bind us together rather than separate us. The Ku Klux Klan was mostly made of white people, they lynched black and white people. And one of the things that the Klan did was that they accused people of things without any due process of law, gathered in a mob, and attacked them. This is precisely what social justice warriors do today. Accusation, racist, bigot, sexist. And then a mob comes after you. They cancel you. They shut your business down. They riot. They loot. They break things. They tear down statues. You know that one of the most famous abolitionists, the black man, freed slave, escaped slave, Frederick Douglass, had his statue torn down in Rochester, which is where he lived. He had his statue torn down a few years ago when I was living there by a group of white anti-American fascists who called themselves Antifa. They tore down a Frederick Douglass statue. An abolitionist. Why would the Democratic Party be hosting an F the 4th of July event in Tucson, Arizona, one of the reddest states in the country, 
And why would white mobs tear down Frederick Douglass statues in Rochester, New York? Unless the ideology of the Ku Klux Klan is very alive and well today, it's just shifted and changed in how it's expressed. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Something to think about when we come back. The 1619 Project and why the National Archive of the United States of America is calling the Constitution, well, basically a racist document through providing trigger warnings on their website. That's a terrifying thing to think about. The National Archive of the United States of America is tagging the Constitution as harmful, saying it contains harmful language. Maybe it's that three-fifths compromise in there. And here's the thing. If you get rid of that three-fifths compromise because it's harmful language, what happens? Well, well, all those slave states, they obtain an immense amount of power and they preserve the institution of slavery, possibly even to this day. If the Confederates won the Civil War, slavery would have expanded from sea to shining sea, manifest destiny, a slave colony and a slave nation. Contrary to what people like Nicole Hannah-Jones of the 1619 Project suggest, if we were to believe her history, we would be living in a slave colony today. If the Civil War would never have been won by the Union or states would never have come together, we'd be living in a much different world today in which slavery would likely still be the conditional state of existence. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us on this 4th of July, 2022. There's a lot more coming up after this. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. It's currently the 4th of July, which, of course, is America's Independence Day. It's a day to celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence and all things American. But not according to the Arizona Democrats in Pima County, who advertised an event simply titled F the 4th. 
No two ways about it. The Democrats really do hate America, don't they? Many public fireworks displays are canceled, while some others are being done at a social distance with drive-in shows. Officials are cautioning people to not only be careful setting off fireworks, but also to practice social distancing with at-home gatherings. Avoid gathering with anyone outside your household. The way to be patriotic this and only this holiday is to stay at home. Now, if you do choose to leave your house this weekend to attend a fireworks show, health officials are urging you to stay in your car. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. I'm sorry to my world, this is not what we want. Think about it. All men and women created go, you know the, you know the thing. You give me a document by slavers, colonists, and sure, white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They counted slaves as three-fifths of people to give their captors more political power in the government. I'd call it kind of, I'd call that kind of trash, right? I beg you to stop using the Constitution in the way that you're using it. We like Republican tickets. Mm, we ain't got those yet, just the Democrat tickets. We'll wait. Might be a pretty long wait. You read a book like White Fragility, which basically says that black people are these hothouse flowers where everybody has to tiptoe around us, and you know we're always crying and we're always angry. That book is talking down to me as far as I'm concerned. But black folks are not asking whites to always be flagellating themselves. It puts the burden on black people to absolve you. It's really asking black people to, again, do something for you. African slavery had existed for centuries in various forms. Some slaves were indentured servants with a limited Term and the chance to buy one's freedom. Others were more like European serfs. When the slave trade was finally outlawed in the Americas and Europe, the African kingdoms whose economies it had come to dominate collapsed. I call it kind of, I call that kind of trash. All men and women created go, you know the, you know the thing. I beg you to stop using the Constitution in the way that you're using it. The moment has arrived, which is to decide whether the American experiment is to survive and be a blessing to the world or not. This is not what we want. Every day, the Union grows more impotent and her people more discontent. Is this what we wish? Reparations. Look, minorities have been treated like ish in this country for so long, right? So I say we give them a good bathroom. I mean, for years and years, they've been oppressed. The least we can give them is, you know, a nice place to pish and sit, right? And we got to put up a sign so that they know their place. Now, are, are you proposing that we put a sign on one of the bathrooms that says minorities only? What does the other sign say? No minorities allowed. That's crazy. You're in trouble there, right? No, no, it's super progressive. Yeah, no. it, it's a bathroom for women, non-whites, and gays. Uh-oh! I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings. No, 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 it's super progressive. It's a bathroom for, <laughs> for non-whites, for women, and for gays. It's very, very progressive. I don't want to sound like, because it's not my intention, it's not my belief, but I hate Democrats, and I'm a Republican, and F everybody else, and this is America, and I'll do whatever I want to do. That's just outlandish ideology as far as I'm concerned. I'm here tonight to share with you my love of history. I'm here tonight to share the 4th of July with you and to try to provide you with a balanced and objective and reasonable explanation 
for some of the fallacies and some of the things that we're told and some of the things that have become these, these historical icons that, that, that we believe, you know, the Declaration of Independence is racist and sexist and homophobic because it doesn't say all gay men and all trans people and all this and all that are created equal. Or the Constitution doesn't say we the gay people, we the trans people. I mean, that is, do you understand how language works, especially language in those days? Do you know what the word, I've heard people say this. This is a big argument. It's been used in colleges. I've heard it all the time. They say all men are created equal. They don't mean women. Are, are, you, are you serious? Do people actually believe that? Do you understand that if you go to a dictionary and you type in the word men, yes, it refers to people like myself, but it also refers to men as in man, as in mankind, as in all people, and a dictionary, even on my MacBook computer, even on my MacBook, where Apple wanted to censor Easter, the dictionary says it represents both sexes, man and woman, male and female. That's the kind of historical, contextual ignorance that we're dealing with. Because some of the founders own slaves, that means the document is garbage and trash, as you heard that one author say in the soundbite in our montage. It's trash. I mean, they said blacks were three-fifths of a person. The irony here is, if we were to right these perceived wrongs historically, what would happen is you get rid of slavery as a condition of entering into a union to fight the British. There's no American Revolution. There's no United States. You get rid of slavery as a condition of entering the union to create a federal government. There's no constitution. There's no rule of law. There's no equal protection. Slavery continues onward. If you go to the Civil War and you say slavery, getting rid of slavery is a condition in order to end the war, you get more war. It took Republican reformers in Congress. It took a very small number of Democrats, and it took a president who ended up having his, his head blown off in order to acquire that further pursuit, that further end of, of the pursuit of happiness to found a more perfect union, to create a more perfect union. And that is not a democracy. It is a republic, as Benjamin Franklin said. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And he said, you have a republic. What have you given us, Mr. Franklin? A republic, if you can keep it. Because the United States is, after all, a republic. And that republic began... So many arguments could be made to this point with the Declaration of Resolves, not the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Resolves were basically called the Declaration of Colonial Rights and were adopted by the First Continental Congress on October 14, 1774. On June 7th of 1776, Richard Henry Lee, upon instruction from Virginia, introduced resolutions to declare the colonies free of external rule, free of external power, and to allow them to seek alliances with foreign powers. The three resolutions were placed in respective committees, and one was charged with preparing a Declaration of Independence. On July 2nd, not July 4th, 1776, Congress unanimously approved a resolution for independence. After a draft, a draft document was created, several draft documents, 
It was approved on the 4th of July, 1776. The declaration was on the 2nd. It was approved on the 4th. It was reported to the public on July 8th. To New York, they didn't pledge their support until the 9th. And when that was when that occurred, uh, there were riots that erupted in New York. People didn't like that Declaration of Independence. On August 2nd of 1776, the Second Continental Congress agreed on the engrossed version of the Declaration of Independence. Of the 56 signers, not all were present on that day, and only one, Richard Stockton, recanted after capture by the British. It was, after all, a declaration of treason. Our 4th of July here in Tucson, Arizona, wasn't really marred by this event, but was accompanied by this event at Reed Park near downtown Tucson, held by the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party of Pima County was holding an event called F-U-C-K, F the 4th of July. And the subtitle was Let's Mourn. Let's mourn with F the 4th of July. Now, part of it had to do with the Women's March about Roe v. Wade. I like how nobody got upset when the Supreme Court, including Republican justices, voted that certain illegal immigrants had to be let into the states. They couldn't be held in Mexico until the papers were processed. Everybody was cool with that, but we wanted to abolish the Supreme Court because they didn't vote the way you wanted in a case over abortion, in which in states you can still have an abortion up to 15 weeks. So I'm not really sure what people are that upset about. It's a lot more complicated than that, but that's about as simple as it gets. It doesn't provide rape. It doesn't provide incest. It doesn't provide for this or that. Even under Roe, rape was less than 1% of abortions. 25-30% of women don't have, don't, don't have children. and They have abortions because they, they admittedly, in surveys, just because they don't want a kid. They're, just, they're too lazy. They don't want to take care of a kid. Kids are expensive. Uh, screw it. That's the real reason why people want abortions. It's not because of rape or incest. They're medical reasons. And you have a problem, you can still get one. So they were marching across the country until the 4th of July when they had an event called F the 4th of July. And it was sponsored and promoted and held by the Democratic Party of Pima County, Arizona. The official Democratic Party. Not an offshoot. The National Archives, one place I've never been, the National Archives also has updated their website, Happy Fourth of July, to include statements and trigger warnings on, quote, potentially harmful content, content that, quote, may be harmful or difficult to view. The National Archives says some of the materials presented here may reflect outdated, biased, offensive, and possibly violent views and opinions. Frequently asked questions. What harmful or difficult content may be found in the National Archives catalog and our web pages? Some items may, quote, reflect racist, sexist, ableist, misogynistic, xenophobic, and other types of opinions. It may exclude views on sexuality, gender, religion, and more. It may demonstrate bias and exclusion in institutional collecting and digitization policies. The Constitution of the United States is accompanied by a statement that says harmful language alert. See the National Archives statement on potentially harmful language. One of the reasons that's on there is because of the three-fifths compromise. 
one of the most under, misunderstood things about American history. Again, three-fifths compromise means slave states can't count their property that they maintained were black slaves as citizens so that they could vote. The people that considered black people to be inferior, sure, were white supremacists. Sure, we're part of the union. But it's despite them that we have a more perfect union today. It's despite them that we defeated the Confederacy and that slavery did not spread as people like George Bickley wished. Did you know who, you know, George Bickley, this, this guy who founded the Knights of the Golden Circle, which was a secret society promoting racist and pro-slavery ideology, he declared a plan to create a massive slave empire, not a slave nation, not a slaveocracy, as Nicole Hannah-Jones of the 1619 Project suggests, an actual slave empire with a land radius 2,000 miles stretching from the Caribbean into Mexico and Central America. He called it the Golden Circle. The Knights of the Golden Circle spun off into the Order of American Knights and the Sons of Liberty. Both went underground, collected thousands of members, and emerged as the Ku Klux Klan. And George Bickley even threatened that if Abraham Lincoln were elected president, because he wasn't staunchly opposed to slavery, although he promised he wouldn't touch it as he was elected, simply electing a more moderate to the White House, the Ku Klux Klan, well, before it was the Ku Klux Klan even, but this group, this group that Bickley ran, would, quote, target and destroy Washington, not Mexico. John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Lincoln, was a member of the Knights of the Golden Circle. We hear that the American Revolution and the Civil War and all these things were fought to preserve slavery, but that's not America. That is factions of America who were not of the belief that all people were created or born equal. In fact, if you go back and look at the real root cause of the American Revolution, Benjamin Franklin said it in the 1760s, the outlawing of debt-free currency, debt-free money, which caused depression and unemployment, was the main cause of the revolution. That was the main cause of the revolution. In 1775, the Continental Congress turned to printing money in order to finance the war. They had to. So they created continentals. Not worth a continental. That's where the idea comes from. It was devalued. And the, the Bank of England said, it's outlawed. After that, after that... um what they called the, the Currency Act to outlaw that currency in 1764. The Stamp Act of 1765 was passed, requiring colonists to buy stamps as a tax on common paper goods, playing cards, writing paper, etc. Resistance mounted to that, and it was repealed in 1766. So next came the Declaratory Act of 1766. That gave the Crown authority, quote, in all cases whatsoever, end quote, in the colonies. It was a way to preserve face for the empire. Parliament had asserted they not only had absolute authority, but were exercising it as, well, basically in a, in a virtual way, with, without even representation in the colonies. So it was, you know, taxation without representation. Then the Townshend Acts, the Townshend Acts, 1767-1768, Taxes on glass, paint, lead, etc., and on tea. Taxes were repealed in 1770. The British repugnancy clauses placed into colonial charters were at the heart of the issue as well as they prevented any legislation contrary to British laws. 
As the British regulars approached Lexington and Concord, Massachusetts, 1775, the war officially began. April 19, 1775 gives a date to the shot heard around the world. So here's my argument. The Tuskegee Institute documents that thousands of white people were lynched alongside of black people. Did you also know that black people owned slaves? That black people who were wealthy financed poor white people? in order to abolish slavery. A lot of black slaves were sold by sympathetic white persons to other black people. Marie Metoyer, black lady, possessed 50 slaves and an estate of more than 2,000 acres. Other accounts suggest she owned more than double that amount of slaves. Cyprian Rickard purchased an estate and owned 91 slaves, black man. Tommy LaFon of New Orleans, born a free person of color, owned half a million dollars in his time of real estate. Solomon Humphreys was the owner of a grocery store in Georgia, black man. John Carruthers Stanley of North Carolina, born in 1772 to an African-American woman and a white man, owned 64 slaves, two plantations, and he became a barber. Andrew Dunford, had business connections with a white man named John McDonough, his agent in the African slave trade. The historian Ira Berlin points out, quote, white men and women held black and Indian slaves and white servants, and black men and women did like. Peoples of European, African, and Native American descent, both free and unfree, worked, played, and even married openly in a manner that would later be condemned by custom and prohibited by law. So if you look up something called the 16... 19 project. Nicole Hannah Jones, this quote unquote investigative journalist, began writing for the New York Times in 2015. She authors the 1619 project, which began August 18th of 2019, with the publication of a 1619 essay in the New York Times magazine. The whole thing is written without scholars. It's written with circumstantial stories and hyperbolic language. And this is what she says the intention of the story and of this new history is supposed to do. It's supposed to, quote, replace the real 1776 founding of the United States with the supposed 1619 start of slavery, according to Mary Grabber in debunking the 1619 project. Starts out like this in the magazine article. This is from Nicole Hannah-Jones. In August of 1619, a ship appeared on this horizon near Point Comfort, a coastal port in the British colony of Virginia. It carried more than 20 enslaved Africans who were sold to the colonists. America was not yet America, but this was the moment it began. Yet she goes on to say that this is a slaveocracy founded on slavery, but America was not America when these slaves were brought to the shores. And so how could it be founded on slavery? Well, slavery was, had to have been the, the, the condition of, um, of these slaves from, from the get-go. They had to have been brought here intentionally, if that were the case, but that's not the case. 20 enslaved Africans who were brought here, 20 enslaved Africans, um, were never asked or allowed to ask the question, who sold those Africans? Where did they come from? How did they get on that ship? And Nicole Hannah-Jones suggests that those Africans were brought here to create, in 1619, what would become America. That's why she said it wasn't yet America, but it would become America. 
even though slavery existed in Africa for, for a very long time. Jay Saunders Redding points out, Ivy League uh, uh, college man, first black American to teach at an Ivy League college, that there was slavery in Africa long before the coming of the white man. So you go through Hannah Jones's 1619 document, and we could do another, another show on this at some point. But if you go through her document, she explains how these enslaved African Americans understood what freedom was more than white people. And she goes on to suggest, declare, that it's only because of black people, only because of black people, that we have any amount of freedom in the world today. She doesn't talk about the black people who own slaves, the white people who were held as slaves, the white people who tried to abolish slavery, the black people who were free, who owned businesses, or who paid white people and assisted white people in creating this abolitionist movement. She doesn't talk about all the white people who were staunchly opposed to slavery, colonial period, and into the antebellum period, all the way into the Civil War and after. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable because if you look at, look at American history, you know, the, the stuff that you have to find in the National Archives. But um, in, in 1688, there was a German town petition against the traffic of men body or slavery. 1680s. Hannah Jones says it's only because of black people. Only because of black people. And she compares, this is one of the most outrageous things, she compares a meeting between five black people in August of 1862 with President Lincoln she compares that to the 243 years prior when slaves were brought here to, well, that one port at least, by saying that these black people went to see Lincoln 243 years to the month since the first of their ancestors had arrived on these shores before Lincoln's uh, family, long before most of the white people, insisting that this was not their country. Now, her sentiment that the root of the endemic racism that we all can't purge from our nation today is I believe indicative of illusions of grandeur shared by Hannah Jones and any other person who promotes such a belief white or black. It's precisely the 1619 project and it's pseudo historical nonsense that prevents the purge of slavery still to this day. It is the belief that the moment uh, that these slaves met or these former slaves that met with Lincoln in his office, that those black men are tied to their ancestors who came on those ships when there were only 20 slaves on that ship? What are the chances of those five black men being directly related to those slaves on that ship? Such sentiment demonstrates not only her attempt at achieving social credit and applause for manufacturing her own version of history with zero context, it also makes her the perpetual victim and suggests that all blacks look the same, all blacks come from the same place, they're all the same, so treat them all the same. They were all slaves, and now we have to petition black people today to acquire forgiveness. And who's doing that? Well, white people. White people are doing it. You read the 1619 Project, you, 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 basically you're reading a, a racist and pseudo-intellectual, pseudo-historical piece that intends to demean, degrade, and eliminate the great experiment that is the United States of America. So that's probably why the Democratic Party here in Pima County is having F the 4th of July celebration this evening. I'd assume it's over by now. Started at 7 p.m. Probably why the National Archives is putting a trigger warning on the Constitution. Happy 4th of July. Probably the same reason. You know, we talk about like black people voting, right? You know, black people voting, black people voting. 
got to give black people the right to vote, got to give immigrants the right to vote. It's like, well, if you're a member of society, you get a right to vote because you, you've got investment in society. But the, the thing is, if, if you go back into history, you find a time in which, you know, white people were hunted down and, and lynched or killed along with blacks who tried to get blacks to vote uh, and tried to get them on the voter rolls. What would happen is you would find that, that these Democrats and white people in particular in the South did not want blacks to vote because they were mostly the majority and they'd have voted for Republicans. So they prevented the blacks from voting in some places, a lot of the time with force. If you watch the movie The Free State of Jones, is a great example of that. They go into the place to vote and they're like, we ain't got Republican tickets. They don't want the people to vote for Republicans. Well, here in New York City... Well, here in the States, in New York City, I'm in Arizona, but here in the United States, in New York City, they ran out of Republican ballots at a lot of the, a lot of the places where you could vote during the primary. Did you know that? Last week, they didn't have Republican tickets in a lot of parts of New York City. They also changed voting locations without telling people. A lot of the places ended up just being locked up. Nobody had the keys to get in. But they didn't have Republican tickets. Preventing somebody from voting and allowing everybody to vote, even when they have no investment in the community, are the same thing. It undermines the rule of law. It undermines representative democracy in a republic. It undermines the Constitution. So when people say, well, we got to get everybody to vote. Everybody's got to vote, 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 vote. If you don't understand how the system of government is supposed to work, you don't understand the rule of law, and you just want to abolish the Supreme Court because they didn't vote the way you wanted in one case, you're a threat to democracy. You're a threat to the Constitution. You're a threat to the rule of law. You're a threat to Libertas. You're a threat to the United States of America. What we're witnessing here is an undermining of the rule of law and an abortion of history. Whites were lynched. Blacks owned slaves. Blacks owned property and money during the antebellum period, during the colonial period. Freeing slaves was dangerous to people. They would be hunted down by white mobs and lynched or beaten or some variation of that, simply for freeing their slaves. White people freeing their slaves. It was not an easy thing to comprehend, and it is not an easy thing to comprehend today. Slavery had to be preserved in order for some of the colonies to unite in fighting the British. It had to be preserved in some extent to create a federal government that would go on to eliminate slavery. Confederacy would, if the Confederacy would have won in the Civil War, slavery would have been you know, extended. Sea to shining sea. No doubt about it. That's what George Bickley wanted with the Golden Circle, the Ku Klux Klan. Should we get rid of people in history because they're white or because they own slaves? Some people got rid of their slaves and they were targeted for it because you know, people lost their political careers because of it. It was dangerous. How about Major General George B. McClellan, a, a general appointed by Lincoln during the Civil War, who a lot of people thought were, you know, was kind of conservative. He fought for the Union, but he also was a staunch racist, believed in his own race as being superior. And there's a statue of him up in Washington, D.C. Nobody tore that down. You know the statue that Antifa tore down in Rochester when I was living there? They tore, they tore down Frederick Douglass. Then what about this other guy, Newton Knight? Remember Newton Knight in Jones County, Mississippi? Poor white farmer, joined by a, a number of other people in the military that, that, um, that left the military, that deserted? Little tiny part of Mississippi, they seceded from the Confederacy, declared support for the union. The union didn't even really back them or support them that much, though. They were basically this, this lone island out there in the Confederacy. White people that fought because, one, their property had been taken, the war devastated their economy, but some believed that blacks should be free. 
there were a lot of people who fought for different reasons. White people were also lynched. Black people also owned slaves. It's a more convoluted and complex issue. It's not white people are evil and black people are good. Now we have mobs today that demand that black people forgive them or demand that black people believe what they believe. No different than the Ku Klux Klan. Mob violence, mob rule, baseless accusations, and instead of stringing up an individual and, and, and killing them directly. Now today we have something different. It's called social assassin. It's social lynching. Because we have a blackwashing, not a whitewashing, a blackwashing of history. You know that Frederick Douglass called the founding documents, he called the Constitution, quote, a glorious liberty document. He said, read its preamble, consider its purposes. Is slavery among them? Is it the gateway? Is it at the gateway or is it in the temple? It is neither. Frederick Douglass said the Constitution did not give a man a right to hold and to hunt slaves, nor that it provides a right to hold property in men. So why is the Democratic Party in Pima County, Arizona, holding an F the 4th of July? Why are there no Republican tickets in New York City and other places? Because although the parties shifted, some Republicans became Democrats, Democrats came Republicans. It's not the same Democrat or Republican Party. It's the ideology that matters. And they've just simply changed the dialogue. Instead of preventing blacks from voting, get everybody to vote, especially people who are uninformed, who will vote for people who will, well, be given free stuff in exchange for their votes. So you don't have to work, but you'll get paid to vote blue no matter who. That is the modern-day Democrat plantation. That is the modern-day system of slavery. That is the modern-day form in which blacks and whites together are kept in servitude. Asians, Mexicans, you name it. That is the true manifest destiny of George Bickley, the undermining of the rule of law, the undermining of equal protection under the law, of equal rights, of a separation of powers. It's an undermining of the law and the rule of the land. It's an undermining of that law and that rule, that order, which was founded on natural law, that all men are born and created equal. You have a right to property, but not, as Frederick Douglass said, property in men. And the Constitution, like the Declaration of Independence, is a glorious liberty document. And those people today that hate the 4th of July and hate America because they believe the founding is racist, a slave colony, everything was founded on racism, American Revolution fought for racism and slavery and the Civil War, and well, well, there had to be compromises and there were battles fought because people disagreed. So that means as a white person, I can declare I'm absolved of sins that I wasn't guilty for in the first place. And as a black person, I don't owe that person anything because that black person like Kamala Harris could have a white family and I could have black ancestors. My ancestors are mostly Native American. I have English, I have German, but I have Native American. Does that mean I deserve reparations from you? This is a way in which to use a specific group of people for political advantage. And it's a new form of KKK. It's a new form of democratic racism in the South during the Civil War and the antebellum period. This is the way in which the system works, and this needs to be exposed. This needs to be discussed. I've done that tonight. I've done it in my new book, Liberty Shrugged. Hopefully that'll be available soon, so I'm not really selling that tonight. I just want to let you know I wrote a new book. It's all about this history. I hope that you enjoy it. If you have questions about tonight's show or anything else we discussed, www.thesecretteachings.info. 
I hope that you had a great 4th of July. Personally, I don't like fireworks. I don't drink. I don't barbecue. But I still understand what the 4th of July represents. If you're the Democratic Party in Arizona and you say F the Constitution, F the 4th of July, you're saying F equal protection, F the preservation of the rule of law, F integrated society, F inclusion, F all the things that you supposedly stand for. Again, this is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Subscribe to the archive, buy a book, support us, keep us on air. If you do that, we'll be here with you five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk a little bit about Roswell and UFOs and just a little tip, an A-tip, A-tip of the iceberg. You don't want to miss that show. Gable at Yahoo.com. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the next broadcast. And happy... 4th of July. Hopefully you have a better understanding of the history behind it.